Well, good morning again and welcome. We're going to uh, do audience participation at this time. Um, I know you're already participating, so just dump all your money in there and you can get to my part of the participation. It will be great for us. I want you to have both hands free. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand because I'm going to talk about some fears that we all might have or some things that we're afraid of. And so if, it's, if you're kind of afraid of something, give me one hand. If this is totally you, give me both hands, okay? We're going to work through these together. You'll so, see these show up on the screen. The first one is this. Anybody afraid of flying? Raise your hand. You don't like to fly. Any double hands? You don't fly. You're the John Maddens that travel everywhere that way. Okay. Second is you're afraid of the dark. Anybody afraid of the dark? You're the kind of people that have all the lights on when you're home alone. Yeah. All right. Very good. Number uh, three, tight spaces. You're the claustrophobic people. Any double hands? I see some double hands. Wiggle your fingers, double handers. Yeah. How about, uh, how about crowds? You don't like crowds. All right, don't tell these people, but there are about 500 people in this room, okay? <laughs> they evidently hadn't caught on yet, so let's leave them there. All right, next is heights. How many of you are afraid of heights? Really? Heights. You don't like driving over the Skyway Bridge, going up to Sears Tower, looking down? No. Wow. Um, somebody caught me afterwards and says, not so much heights, but bridges. Anybody not like bridges? All right. Next will be um, needles. You don't like giving shots. You're the kind of people that don't give blood. They take blood from you, right? And I don't know if you noticed or not, but the blood mobile is outside today. Today, you can face your fear and conquer it. All right. Right outside these doors right here. All right. Next, how about snakes? That's always the big one. That's always the big one. Yeah, we're connecting. Good. Don't be too afraid. We let one go in this room and uh, just kidding. Next, uh, clowns. Really? every, Every list that I looked at, clowns showed up and every, okay, next, uh, germs. How many germaphobes? You use a paper towel to get out of every bathroom that you're in. You don't drink after anybody else. Yeah. All right. Good. How about spiders? Double hands on the spiders. Yeah. Um, Somebody told me I needed to add roaches to that one. Roaches? Wow. Wow. You bunch of sissies. Holy cow. Just little bugs, right? You talk to somebody who doesn't like roaches and they're like, no, it came at me. It was like that. All right. All right, next. How about public speaking? Public speaking. Yeah, me too. You could never get me to do that, all right? Never would I do that. Well, good. Today we're going to talk about what scares us, what we're afraid of, our fears, the things that we, that we just sometimes can't get past. And there are bigger things than that, some deeper things than just these things, the kind of stuff that men don't like to talk about, you know, like fear of commitment, fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of being alone. We're going to talk a little bit about that kind of stuff this morning, but I think that every one of us has something or bumps into things throughout our life that causes us to have some fear and that we're afraid of. I, they're real. I don't downplay them. I have them myself. They're real. They're valid, right? We all have those kinds of things. Um, for instance, those things also could do things to us that make us do things we should or shouldn't do. Like if you have a fear of doctor or the dentist, it may keep you from going to one of them when you really need to. So 
Our fears are real. I know that they are. Um, and they come from sometimes our past, right? Something in our past created within us. I think the clown thing, a lot of people that might be, they were scared of a clown when they were young, and, and now maybe that's carried on into them. Or we're also afraid of things that are coming in our future that we don't know. Most of us, myself included, there's that fear of the unknown because we like to be in control. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going, you know, when that's going to come. And so we, we feel like sometimes that they're too big. And we also feel like for other people, they ought to overcome their fears, right? It's easier to see in other people, well, you should just grab roaches all the time and play with them. What's the big deal, right? You should just go over that bridge. Don't worry about it. It's easier for us to say that's what somebody else should do. But sometimes we've got to get past our own fears. We've got to gather them all up and somehow move forward in the face of fear. Now, a lot of people think that's courage, and it's not. That's not the definition of courage. The opposite of fear, of our fears, really is to be safe or secure, safety or security. If you think about it, you're afraid of something. Being secure from that thing is the opposite of it. But today we're going to talk about courage because it plays a role. Courage is the thing that we need. You've probably heard this, is what helps us move forward in spite of our fears, We have the fear, but we know we've got to move through that. Courage is the ability to do something that frightens you. It's the vehicle that's needed to move forward even when we are fearful. And we're going to talk a little bit about courage this morning. We've all been at that place in our life where we've had to, or we will have to, face our fears find some courage, and move forward through that. Now, a lot of those things can come from good things. It's just not necessarily bad, right? Good situations can cause us to be afraid, can cause fear. Today, opening day of Major League Baseball, go Rays, right? Yeah, I think that today there are brand new, never been in the big leagues before, young players that are going to take the field for certain teams, And I can't help but think that somehow there's a little bit of fear inside those guys as they take the field. Now, it's a good thing they've made it to the bigs, but there's a little fear. And they're going to have to find a way to find some courage, press down on that fear, and take that field. And a lot of them, most of them are going to do that. And we have to do that. Other good things, you're in a relationship and it's going well, but it can be scary because you don't want to mess it up. You know, it's new. You're kind of getting to like this person. That can cause some fears. What am I going to do? Or the job, there's a promotion. You got the promotion. That's a good thing. But there's a fear that comes with that. Once you get it, it's like, oh no, am I going to be able to do it? Am I going to be able to be successful? How am I going to do this, right? And fear sets in. Or if you're a parent and you have a young one, the first time you've ever had a baby, whether you're, you had a natural baby or through adoption, somebody placed one in your arms, you know that that's a scary situation. Listen, two blocks away from the hospital, it dawned on me, I'm in charge of this little life, right? And my wife looked at me and went, yeah, you can't even take care of yourself, much less take care of another human being, right? It's a great thing, but it's scary. And how are we going to get through that? 
But fear, as you know, also comes from some negative things, the opposite of those things. You're no longer in that relationship that you thought was going to be a good relationship, and that can be scary. You didn't get the promotion. You lost your job. You still need a job. There's a negative to that, and there's a fear of what's going to happen, the unknown that's ahead of us. Or you're in fear for your child who's struggling with a certain issue. How are you going to get through all of that? How are we going to make it? This fear has come on me. Some of us, some of you, the health issue has hit you this year. The last six months has been, the the news has come, right? And that's fearful. How are we going to do this? You've got news about your parents, your older parents, and how are you going to deal with that? We all have these things. Financial issues can cause us to have fear in our life. Let me add to your financial fear just a little bit with a public service announcement from your uh, Harborside staff. Next Friday, a week from this coming Friday, is tax day and your taxes are due. Automatically, some of you are like, oh, no, right? Okay, so finances, those are some of the negative things. So fear comes from both positive and negative things. We've all got these things. And there are some big ones, too, that cover everything. There's terrorism that's going on around the world. There's politics that's happening there, right? There's all those kinds of things, diseases that are affecting so many things right now. We all have fears. So the question is, if we have fear, how do we get enough courage to walk us through that? How do we face those things that we've got to face? We've got to pack up and find enough fear that's going to get us through that to be on the success side of our fears. Well, that's what I want to talk to you about today is I want to talk about courage. And today, I want to talk to you about a guy in the Bible who had to have a lot of, of courage. He was about to take on a tax that was incredible, uh, a huge task. He, he was supposed to, um, he's supposed to get his fears to gathered together and lead a movement and lead a group of people. Today, I want to give you some very specific, helpful hints that we learn from this guy in the Old Testament that you and I can actually apply to 2016 in our lives today. They're helpful things that God told this man that you and I can even apply in our lives today. So, Let me quickly catch you up as to where we've been over the last few weeks in our church. We took a three-week Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John uh, to cover Easter. Prior to that, if if you're new to our church, we started at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis. And we've covered Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and in the last, previously to that. And in that study, we covered creation, we covered all of Genesis, we covered Abraham, we covered God creating a group of people that he was going to call his own people. They're not even a nation yet. We talked about how they got, uh, they were enslaved in Egypt for over 400 years. And then one day God provided a leader for them named Moses who was going to lead his people and lead this group of people out of captivity and actually inherit a land that God had said generations before, I'm going to give you your own land. You're going to be your own people and you're going to have your own land. And so he said to them, that's what, we studied that. And Moses came, was able to do that. And the group of people, you remember, they crossed the Red Sea by a miracle. They got to the Sinai Peninsula and they moved up to the gateway of where they were supposed to go in and inhabit the land. And you might remember the story where they got there and realized the people living inside the land that we're supposed to be in are giants and they're scary. And we don't think we can battle them. In fact, we don't know anything about battling. We've been slaves. We've been making bricks. All of our lives, how are we going to take over? 
and we're afraid, and we don't want to take the land. And so they decided not to go into the land. And their punishment, and Moses' punishment was by God, well, then you're not going to enter into the land. You're going to have to wander in the wilderness, the Sinai Peninsula, sandy, dusty desert. You're going to have to wander for 40 years. And you're going to wander until everybody who is 20 years of age and older, when you were supposed to go into the land, they're going to have to die off before you enter into the land. Now, can you imagine what it would be like to be some of those last people living before it was time to go into the land, right? Imagine you're walking along, hey, have you seen Mr. Johnson? How's he doing today? No, he's doing good. I saw him at the gym. He's still pumping iron. He's 95. He's doing good. They're waiting for the last guy to die, right? And it's Mr. Johnson. And he's like, no, I feel good today. Oh, not today. We're not going into the land today, right? So they wandered for 40 years waiting for the last person to die. And then we pick up today where we're going to talk about what we're talking about, and that is in Joshua chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Joshua chapter 1. If you have it on your phone, that app, you can thumb there. And if you don't have either, we're going to put it up on the screens for you to be able to, to read along with us. Now, I usually don't read 11 verses. I used to talk to middle schoolers. They can handle half a verse, but I think you guys can handle these 11 verses. Please don't get distracted. Follow along with me, and we'll touch on these things, because I want to give you some helpful hints that will help you get through your fear with courage, okay? Listen closely as we read these. After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all the people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place that you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon, from the great river the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the laws that my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered, so by the way, that's a key word. So Joshua ordered the officials... Uh, of his people. Go throughout the camp and tell people, get your provisions ready. For in three days from now, we will cross the Jordan River here to go into the land and take possession of the land that God, the Lord your God has given you for his own. Joshua is now the guy. Moses has died. He's not allowed to go into the new land. God promised that he would not be the person to lead them into the new land. He has died. And now Moses, uh, uh, Joshua, you are it. 
They're on the doorstep of entering into this land again, and he, Joshua is given his marching, marching orders by God. I promise to give them this land. Joshua, I need you to lead the people. Now, Joshua, this new leader, was Moses' aide for all of these years. He was second. He was VP all these years, and now he's P, right? He's the guy. He's the president. He's moving everybody in, and God tells him, don't be afraid. Be courageous. The question is, why? And there's two reasons. Number one, Joshua had big shoes to fill. He had huge shoes to fill. He had to cover for Moses, and Moses was a big deal. Moses was a guy that actually spoke with God, saw God, led these people in the desert, led these people out of Israel, did miraculous signs, and Joshua witnessed all of that side by side with Moses, and he's got some big shoes to fill. The last verse in the book of Deuteronomy sums up Moses' life for Joshua. It says this, For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all of Israel. Joshua, no pressure, but that's what you got to live up to. That's who you're following. It'd be, it, it's even bigger than someone coming to you and saying, Hey, guys, listen, uh, Stephen Curry can't start for the Warriors tonight. We need you to run point guard right? Big shoes to fill. Chris Archer, he's got a hangnail and he can't pitch today. Will you fill in for him, right? Big shoes. They're bigger than that. He had to cover for Moses. He had big shoes to fill. He also had big battles to win. Joshua, in the process of you taking this land, you're going to have to get over a million people across this river that most theologians think was at flood stage at that point when they were about ready to cross. So you got a big battle. you got to get everybody over the river. And by the way, you're going into the land. Remember the land from 40 years ago had giants in the land, big, ugly people that you were afraid of? They're still there. We want you to go back into that land. We want you to take care of everybody that's in there. You're also, by the way, there are 30 kings in the land waiting for you that you're going to have to do battle with. He had some big battles to win. Joshua, you got a lot to do. You got some big battles to win. Oh, yeah, by the way, Joshua, your first battle is going to be this little town called Jericho. And if you were in Sunday school like I was when I was a kid, you remember singing the songs about the walls of Jericho come tumbling down. It was a fortified city, had walls that were about 20 feet thick and about 25 feet high. No one was getting in. Joshua, that's your number one battle, by the way. So don't be afraid. You got big shoes to fill. You got big battles, but we need you to be strong and courageous. In fact, God tells Joshua three times in three verses to be strong and courageous. If God tells us something in the, to do something in the Bible, we probably ought to do it. If he tells us twice to do something in the Bible, we have to do it. If God tells us to do three things within three verses of the Bible, the same three things within the same three verses of the Bible, we better do it. And so God says, I need you to be strong and courageous. And he tells you and I that exact same thing. In fact, we're going to look at that. So to live the life that God wants us to live, being fearless, or at least having enough courage to get through our fears, that's what I want to share with you today, because God gives Joshua a few little hints and a few little principles that's going to help him to be strong and courageous. And I think they'll be applicable for us today in our world. 
Um, if you have your notes, this is a place where you can take those out. You can fill in these blanks. But here's how we can stand courageous in the face of fear. This is how God gave it to Joshua to be able to do. Look at verse 3 real quick. Verse 3 says this, I will give you every place where you set your foot. And then I love this, as I promised Moses. In my Bible, I circled the word, I promised Because what God was saying to Joshua was, I promised Moses, and he's no longer around, but what I want you to know is when I make a promise, I'm going to stick to it. So Joshua, you can lean on this promise. Number one is we need to stand on the promises that God provides for us. Joshua, I know it's going to be tough, but remember all the things that I said to Moses, the same thing applies to you. All the promises that I've given him, I'm going to give to you. And the interesting thing is, here in 2016, God's gonna, God does the exact same thing for you and I. Stand on the promises. That's one of the things that we need to help us to be able to gather up enough courage and to move forward. The same God that promised Moses, Joshua, Daniel, Peter, Paul, and Mary in the New Testament, right, is the same God that promises you and I, and we can trust in his promises. He's a faithful God, and what he tells Joshua here is, I promise, therefore, it will come to pass. There's an old, old hymn that I love the second verse of. It's called Standing on the Promises, those of you who've been around church for a while. Verse 2 says this, Standing on the promises that cannot fail, when the howling winds of doubt and fear fear assail, by the word of God, by the promises of God, I shall prevail, for I'm standing on the promises of God. So the question this morning is, number one, is do you know the promises? Do you know the promises in the word that God has provided for you and I? Do you know the promises that he has given you? Because in order to stand on them, you need to, you need to know them. I need to know them. And so for our lives, we've got to get in God's word, which is why our pastor keeps telling you, you need to read your Bible, you need to be in the word. One of the great activities that you could do is as you're reading through God's word and you come to a promise, you ought to make a list, just jot it down. Here's a short little promise that God gave us. You can either make a list or write it on a card. You got to put it on your mirror where you're getting ready in the morning, on the dashboard of your car, on the desk of, at work, but begin to understand and know and lean on the promises of God. I did a study. One guy thinks there's over 5,400 promises in the Word of God. So you got a lot of homework to do, all right? Get going. Know the promises of God. And you can follow along. You can learn some of these promises if you're following on our app. You could read. This week, you're going to read about Jericho, and you're going to read about the rest of Joshua as you read through the Word this week. Now, let me give you real quick a couple of promises if you're here for the very first time. Let me give you a couple of promises that you may not know. If you've been in church for a long time, they're pretty easy. Let me, let me run through them real quick. Here's a promise. God always forgives. He always forgives. Not sometimes, always. He promises peace. He'll come in comfort and bring peace for you. He promises to meet your needs, not your wants, but your needs. He'll guide us which is what we want when we're fearful. God, show me. Please help me. And number five, he promises eternal life, that this life is not the end. There's more after this life. There's your list of five. Get you started. I hope this week you'll add to that list as you learn the promises. One old preacher once said, the problem is we have too many people sitting in the premises rather than standing on the promises. And I think that's true. Let's get in the word of God and let's know those promises so that we can stand on them. Number two, look at verse five. Here's what he says to him, verse five. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. 
I will never leave you nor forsake you. By the way, there's another promise you could add right there. God is always with us. But not only do we need to stand on the promises, we need to sense God's presence in our life. God said to Joshua, as I was with, Joshua, you know I was with Moses. He couldn't have done. You heard him pray. You saw me deliver. As I was with Moses, I will be with you, Joshua. You can trust in me. My presence is with you. Every step that Joshua took in the new territory, every step that he took in the land that they were conquering, God was with him. And God will be for you when you have a fear and you need to face that fear, that same God is with you. Now, as believers on this side of the cross, we have something even greater than God just being with us. The Bible tells us that God is in us now. We have the Holy Spirit that lives in us, and that's even closer than being with us. He will not leave us. We need to understand, remember, and realize that God's presence is always with us. So when you're fearful, just recognize you're not going through that alone. God, I need courage to get through this. And if you're with me, and I believe you are, then let's get through this. Let's do this. Look at number three. Verse seven says this. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law that my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever it is you go. What God was telling Joshua was, hey, I've given a plan. You need to stick to the plan. You need to stay on the path. Stay on the path that I've given you. I gave it to Moses and I told Moses, here's what we're gonna do. And I gave him laws and I gave him boundaries and I gave him all this. Joshua, as you're gonna lead, that doesn't depart now that Moses is gone. I need you to stick to the plan. Here's how we're gonna do this. It's like we always were gonna do it in the first place. Stick to the plan. Obey, he says. Don't turn for the right or for the left. Stay on the path. Don't get distracted. Now, we might get tired if you're like me, You might start looking for a shortcut. How can I ease this? How can I get there sooner, faster, stronger? We try to to forfeit our way, exit our way around that, but it doesn't always work. We need to stay on the path. Faithfulness here is the key to staying on the path. You've just got to stay faithful. God rewards faithfulness in his people. And he didn't call us to be successful. He called us to be faithful. And so being faithful to the path that God has given you and given to me, to be courageous, sometimes we just have to faithfully keep going step after step after step. This is what we're going to do. God, I don't understand, but I'm going to obey. God, I don't understand. I want to get off the path, but I'm going to stay. I'm going to be faithful. God gave that to Joshua, and he gives that to you and I today too. Number four, verse 11 says this. Joshua said to the people, Go to the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here and go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you as your own. Joshua now takes it up. He's been given three commands on how to be courageous in the face of fear. And number four is you got to start the process. Start the process. That's what, that's what Joshua did. He had to activate the plan. He had to take a step forward. Listen, it's no good if you know the steps to take and never take the step. Here's how we're going to do it, but you never actually accomplish and set out to do that. Sometimes we just have to take a big, deep breath and take a step forward. Fear can paralyze us, and I think Joshua knew this. 
So as soon as Josh, as God got done speaking to Joshua, that word so, Joshua, set out to start the process. And for you and I, that can be the hardest one. We know it's just hard to step out in faith. Know the promises we stand, and sense God's presence and stay on the path. And the hard one can be that we got to start the process. Now today, some of you may be sitting here and you're in some pretty scary situations in your life. Some of you may not. You've already gotten through that. You were able to face your fear with courage and move forward. But some people are here, or you will be here soon, where the fear gets to be too big, and you need courage to move forward. It's either a good because of a good thing, and you don't know how to handle that. It's scary, or it's a really, really bad thing. Wouldn't it be interesting? Wouldn't it be different for you and I if we believed in these principles that God shared with Joshua We would answer the phone differently when it came with bad news. That it wouldn't be, oh my God, what am I going to do? Help me, I don't know what to do. It would be more like, okay God, I I know that you promised me that you would always be with me. I sense your presence in my life. And I know that you have a plan through this. Help guide me through this. It would be a totally different response than what I typically give. Probably a little different than the response you typically give as well. Today, God wants you to trust in his promises, know that his presence is with you, and know that there's a plan and a path that you and I have faithfully got to stay on. Some of you here today, you need courage to face the fear because you've never, because of fear, stepped across the line of faith. You know about God, you know about Jesus, you want to do that, but you're afraid of what might happen if you do that. What's your family going to think? What's your spouse going to say? What's your work buddy's going to say? You mean give up every Sunday morning? You're worried about what that might look like. And because you're afraid, you've never taken that step of faith. Maybe today that's the courage you need to find to step across the line. Some of you, maybe it's baptism. You've done that. You've just never been baptized. Being at the beach with all those people just looks a little scary. Next Sunday, you could join us out at Honeymoon Island. Maybe you just need to find some courage, trust God, and take a step forward And sign up to be baptized or be in a group at our church or serve. Whatever your fear is, finding enough courage to move forward. Being able to say, I'm not going to let it paralyze me. I've got to move forward. God did not design us to live in fear. Second Timothy tells us that. He didn't give us that spirit of fear. He has given us courage. He's given us his word. He's given us himself that we can stand on. And move forward. So can you imagine what your life would be like. You personally. The next time you get scared. From a good situation or a bad situation. You imagine what it would be like. If it was, you responded differently. Than you typically did out of fear. You imagine what, how it would be for you. That you would answer that call. And just say. I'm going to stand because I believe in God's promise. I believe in his presence that he's here with me. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to trust in him. Wouldn't it be awesome if we were able to respond that way? I know it would be for me, and it would change me. Imagine what our church would look like if we began even more so than we already are to live courageously and not fearfully. I think it would change this community. I think if 1,300 of us or 4,000 of us that gathered here last week, if we were able to do that, I think this community would be changed if we be, all began to live a little bit more courageously and not out of fear. So today, 
Joshua's call is to be strong and courageous in the face of fear. Not get rid of fear, but to be able to pack it up and move through it with courage. So this morning, of these four, which one do you need to work on today? Is it, you have a hard time standing on God's promises? Knowing those promises? Maybe your homework today is, I've just got to start this week finding some promises in the Scripture. I want to encourage you to do that. That's your homework for the week, right? Some of you, it may be, I just don't sense God's presence enough. And that's your homework. Work to find God's presence this week. Or to stay on the path. That's for me because I want to preempt God. I want to do my own thing. I want to, it doesn't happen fast enough for me. And I want to change that. Maybe you're like that too. You just need to stay faithfully on the path and obey and do what God asks you to do. And for a lot of us, you got those three, but the thing is you've never started the process. And this week, you just need to take a big old deep breath. And you need to step forward and take that first step to make that happen. That's what God has for you when you face fear, is being able to conquer that fear and have courage to get through that. So pick one of these that you need to work on this week, and let's be different because we've been here and heard that we're going to activate this and put them into practice. I'm going to ask you to stand with me for closing prayer. And I'm going to pray, and when I get done praying, magically before you, our prayer partners are going to appear down front here. If you're one of those people that haven't trusted in God, there's been a fear there for you, I want to encourage you. You could come pray with them and talk with them. If you've got something in your life that's really fearful right now, and you need somebody to pray with you for that, that's what they're down front here. I want to encourage you. I want you to have courage to move forward and come pray with them, come talk with them. But this week, let's live with courage and not fear. Let's pray. God, thank you for preserving this word for over 3,500 years, that the promises that you gave back then are still true to us today. Your promises are true. Your presence is absolutely true in our lives, and we can rest in that. And that you have a plan. Sometimes we don't like it. Sometimes we don't understand it. But you've provided a plan. Will you help those of us who need to start that process this week to do that? Thank you for your unbelievable, undying love for us. And give our church, give our people the courage to live life this week. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.